BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Hello, Doug. Hello, Doug. Other Doug. (laughs) Benson. (laughs) How's it going, man? You sound a little uh, echoey today. Are you in Uh the washing machine? I'm in uh, the bat cave. Oh, okay. Is that a different spot than when you usually record? Uh, it's where I've been. I don't know why it's a little different. I don't know. It could be just my dumb memory because it's been a couple weeks. <laughs> Do you know who's on the show today? Who's that? You really don't know? I, I could take a good guess. You're that good of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as I already told you previously, uh, we got Oscar Nunez, who plays Oscar, on The Office, which has become one of the biggest shows ever. Absolutely. Like, it was big while it was on, but now, like, uh, streaming services are paying hundreds of millions of dollars to, to show it. So uh, I'm excited to have him. And I also thought of something we could do today, if you'd like, Doug, and that's when it comes to the part where we tell him he has to eat some leftovers, we set, try to say it in unison. Okay. So here's the cue. When we get to the part where it's we're about to do that, I'll say uh, we're going to do five and five after the break. But first, Oscar Nunez, we'd like you to, and then you jump in with me, eat some leftovers. <laughs> All right. And then he'll just be, he'll be stunned. He won't know what to what <laughs> Perfect. Okay, uh, let's give that a try, and uh, <laughs> let's go to work. Hello, Oscar Nunez. Welcome. <laughs> To wide world of Dugs, uh, that snickering you hear in the background—that's the other Doug. Doug. Hello. Hi, Oscar. Thanks for being on. Hi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we appreciate you being here. Um, I knew you'd be a great guest for this show because you're just a great guest in general. You reenact the opening from Pixar movies while we're talking. <laughs> Doug, we've done so many things together over the years. Uh, yeah, it has been uh, quite a few years. 
And um, this show is me and my co-host, Doug Mellard, just get together with somebody and talk about names. And then the second part of the show, we just ask you uh, a bunch of questions. And so the first question we always get into with people is your own name, your own first name, Oscar. How has that worked out for you? How do you like the name Oscar? Well, um, it's, is this the cold opening or we're in it? We're, are we into this? Are we going? We're, into oh, it. we're in it. We're, okay. We're so, so deep into I, it. A long time ago, I was a precocious child, a Catholic grammar school, Unison in New Jersey. I, I looked into the meaning of my name. It's Leaping Warrior. Whoa. I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. And, um, and um, it is a family name. It appears a lot in the family. My grandfather's Oscar. Oscar's my father's middle name. It is my first name. Leaping Warrior. And <clears throat> I think when I was a teenager, one night I did lay in bedding. I'm like, why not George? Why Oscar? <laughs> Oscar. Oscar. I'm Oscar. I and if you say anything like that over and over again, anything sounds weird. Right. Um, I must have been very bored and maybe maybe high. I don't know, but Oscar. <laughs> but all in all, it's 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 done me right. I can't get mad at Oscar. The only problem there was some friction early on. There was a and it's still around. Oscar Meyer Wiener. It is a meat <laughs> hot dog brand. <laughs> around when I was in grammar school and the kids uh, tried that's the only thing they had on me is I wish I was an Oscar Mayer wiener um, so they could do that but but a few kids engaged because I was very good I was a very good verbal rapier and I would I could cut them down I could hurt them more verbally than they can hurt me with Oscar Mayer wiener so that didn't happen very often right because you're a leaping warrior that makes that's sense right. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's asking my, you know, I'm, it just, you only also a trick is, you know, don't, if, if something, if you're a kid growing up and they get, and people are picking on you or you're picking on someone and they give you a big reaction, that only means you're going to go in more for it. But if you laugh yourself at the thing and you don't make a big deal of it, they're like, ah, and they just stop, they stop. So that didn't last very much, but that was the only thing Oscar Mayer Wiener that, that, uh, people could use kind of against me. Other than that, I've had a good time with Oscar. It was a basketball player, Oscar Robertson. Um, when I was growing up, he was a good basketball oh, yeah. player. Not too many Oscars around, you know? Um, Oscar Wilde, you know, not too many. So it's kind of a, and it's a Spanish name, but yet it is an, a, a Nordic name. It's O-S-K-A-R. Um, is a spelling that is like kind of Nordic Norwegian or something. And there's also, I don't remember, but there's a brand name of sardines called, am I, <laughs> am I mistaken? Oscar, something Prince Oscar or something in Oscar. And my mom used to love sardines. And so that's the only connections I have with Oscar <laughs> as far as, you know, the wider world out there. Wow. There's also, uh, isn't there like Oscar is a style of uh, a dish? It could, something could be like uh, something a la Oscar. Now you got me thinking. Not only that, something a la Oscar. I, I, uh, that sounds like I, I don't really know. I know there's an Oscar fish, which I had Oscar fishes. 
Oh. They come in tiger and in red, uh, an Oscar fish, and they're freshwater fish. They're big fish, and they're pretty aggressive, and they eat goldfish whole. And there's uh, Oscar de la Renta, which was a designer, and an Argentine heavyweight boxer, a white guy named Oscar Bonavina. And he was around with Frazier and Quarry and Ali, and those guys are around. And he was okay. He wasn't the best. <laughs> he was okay. He gave them a run for their money, and he was in the mix. You always heard that name, Oscar Bonavina, you know, with Jimmy Ellis and Frazier and Ken Norton and all those guys. He was in that mix. He was from Argentina. His name was Oscar Bonavina. How did you end up being Oscar on The Office? Did they just give you that name because they, they just were, they liked you and just wanted you to be on the show, so they called that character Oscar? Greg Daniels thought it was a good Office name. He wasn't wrong. He's And, he, and so he <laughs> asked myself, Angela Creed and Phyllis, do you mind if we keep your names? Because we can't think of better Office names. <laughs> Not like, like Office names. And I'm like, yeah, what do I care? How long is the show going to last? One season? But that wow. I know, so it gets weird when someone's like Oscar in the screen, and I'm like, oh, they don't know me. They just they're just saying Oscar from the office. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really got a target on your back. You um, did the Oscar on the office? Did they say his last name very often? Thank goodness, at least he was Martinez. It wasn't my real name. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, there you go. But but Doug Doug's Creed Branton. I think his name is Creed Branton on the office too. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's it stands to reason. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I was, I, I did, uh, when I did Curb Your Enthusiasm, one of the other actors in the scene just ad libbed, you know, just called me Doug. So then that stuck. I got to be Doug in an episode of Curb, even though <laughs> just that one reference to it was enough to get me labeled. Doug, what yeah. season were you in Curb? Season two. I think me too. Oh, wow. Well, Always season one and didn't get it, but everybody in, was nice in the room. So then I got back in there a second time, season two, and then I, then I got was, in. What was the bit? What was your, what was the episode? My bit was that uh, I thought that Larry had killed my uncle. So at, at the uh, wake or funeral or whatever, uh, okay. for some reason, it's a, it's a Jewish thing. Um, Shiva? Yeah, yeah. At that Shiva, uh, Shiva, I accuse him of killing my uncle, and and I get Larry in a headlock, and um, I made the um, the first time the series ended, the, you know, when they thought it was over, and they you know made that episode where you know Larry dies and all sorts of stuff happens. There was a sequence where they just strung together every time Larry had been in a physical confrontation, or or most of them. Right. So, so I made it into into that uh, supercut. So that was kind of exciting. I got to go back and see that. <laughs> I got to go back and watch that episode. It's pretty wild. I get like, you know, it's one of those ones where I have like, you know, a few scenes, you know, it's not just uh, too quick. Um, but uh, uh, what did you do on, on there? I, I played a, a parking lot attendant. <laughs> And he never had any money. Every time he came in <laughs> the car, he never had cash on him. And he's in this beautiful car. And then I lend him $10. And <laughs> he didn't have the money to pay me back. Or this. And then the other parking lot attendant was Karen uh, Maya, uh, oh, God, what's her name? Karen Mar Marayuma, who was my teacher at the Groundlings. And she was the other one. And she, she, she did her 
Japanese accent and I did my Spanish accent and we were both parking lot attendants <laughs> for, uh, for Larry David. It was very funny. It's so funny when you say that little exchange with, with him in the show, if it was anybody else, that wouldn't be funny, but because you know, you know, the circumstances around that show instantly, like you're laughing at <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just weird circumstances. That show is so funny. And if it was anybody but Larry David, it wouldn't be funny, but that's hilarious. I was very happy because I made him laugh and they had to stop. Wow. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Cause he comes and he, and I gave him, and I gave him 10 bucks and then he comes back and, and he's like, look, I, I don't have your money. I gave it, I had it, but I gave it to someone and now I don't have, and I, and I say to him, did you ever see the movie, the Spanish prisoner? Because that's what I feel is going on. And he walked up to Like, ah. and then the, the director like, don't say that, don't say that. They, so we did something else. But uh, that made me very happy. <clears throat> yeah, but then, you know, get that line out. Get your laugh line out of there. I'll, I'll have the laugh. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Good <laughs> job is to just be mad at him. Um, what about Doug's? Have you had any uh, close Doug's in your life? Have you, most guests that we have on the show, they kind of think about it and they don't know too many Doug's. I know you. And there is a, a buddy of mine, Doug Dickstein, who we were, we waited tables and we had a lot of fun and we waited tables in Glendale uh, years ago when uh, here, here in, in, in California. And we had a lot of fun waiting tables together and, Anyone else? That's it. Just Doug Dickstein. Let me think before. What does Doug Dickstein do besides wait tables? He was a writer and he's, and now right now he's, what does he do? He's got his own company now. I don't know what it is, but he's, uh, he's still here. He's still in California. Funny guy. We had a lot of fun waiting tables as one does. And um, um, who else? That's it. I'm trying to think like an actor, another actor, other than you, Benson, that that might have come through the office. I mean, uh, Doug Dickstein kind of has to be a fun guy, right? If your name is Doug Dickstein. <laughs> yeah. There's just way too much going on there against you. <laughs> you know, you, you know that would be a pretty sweet person, I think, to get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a funny guy. He was a good writer. <laughs> I, I remember one once uh, he came over the house. I was in Glendale. I had a barbecue or something. I didn't, and I gave it to him or some piece of furniture that he came over and I was giving it to him as a gift. And so I opened his trunk and I was, I was putting it in the trunk, but, but for some reason he would, Cause he always had an air. He was always like, he, he stood like those guys who stand like a question mark, like kind of lazy with their hips forward and just like kind of very intellectual and always like doing this and speaking softly. And I don't know, Oscar, I don't know, you know, it's kind <laughs> of, and, and I noticed halfway through doing him this favor that I'm the only one sweating, grunting, picking up this furniture and putting it in the vehicle. And he's just standing there. Like I'm working for him. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, right, right. I guess I should. What do I do here? I'm like, I don't pick something up and move it for Christ's sake. I don't work for you. It's not come over and help me move. It's come over and move me. 
I was literally doing it was for him. It was for him. I'm surprised I didn't hop in the van and go with him and then empty it out at his place while he stood around having lemonade. I can feel the angst all these years later. <laughs> I remember it. I don't know who the poor sap is. It's still mad to this day that that helped him unload it on the other end. <laughs> you know, while he's doing watch. <laughs> you know, we are who we are. I'm always trying to like hustle and like, what do you need me to do? You know? And other people are like, please get that for me. And you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you love to pitch in, and that's something I've always liked about you. And before we get to your questions, we've uh, we've written five questions each for you. We haven't consulted with each other. We've uh, to this day, we've only uh, I think we've only matched on a question that we wanted to know uh, from a guest one time. So uh, it'll be ten varied questions. But before we do that, we would like you to help us out because Oscar Nunez, we'd like you to. Eat, Eat some, some leftovers. leftovers. <laughs> Here in my house? <laughs> oh, leftover questions from the last guest. We ran out of time during Ricky Lindholm's questions last week. You know Ricky. Okay. Yeah, she's a delight. So we have a couple of her questions left over, uh, and uh, we're just going to ask you, and you can you know, answer them any way you choose. We just... Okay. We're so proud of these questions that we write that we still want to share them. Copy that. And maybe they'll maybe they'll even apply to you. You want to go ahead, Doug, and ask him your first question? Yeah. Uh, first question for Ricky slash you. Uh, because you were in the, the ABC Muppets series in 2015, excluding Miss Piggy and Animal from the Muppets, out of the rest of the Muppets, who should be feared most? Well, that still smells fresh. It may be a leftover, but that's still, that's still. <laughs> I feel like Animal and Miss Piggy are too obvious, so. The hippie girl. What's her oh, name? Yeah. Janice? Her name. Is it Janice? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, one, the one with the big mouth? I think that's her name, Janice. Yeah, Janice. She should be feared because she's got a Joni Mitchell vibe. She's so cool and laid back and everything. It's kind of sexy. But she's always got drugs on her, and she's so dangerous because she's like, "Here, take this." When Noah's watching, <laughs> and then you'll take it. You're like, "What did I just take? Muppet pills?" <laughs> and then, and then you get yeah, in trouble. And she's like, "What's she talking about?" She always finds a way out because she's so cool with her sloping shoulders and hips and her and her low fitting jeans. What does she play? What does she play in the band? Tambourine, I want to say. She just kind of hangs out. Well, vocals, I guess. Vocals, right? She's cool. Yeah. I am so glad that that was a leftover for you because that was the one of the best answers. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Usually people don't go like, let me think, well, let me name one that I don't know the name of. <laughs> I challenge anyone to not have a crush on her. She's, uh, she's awesome. She's amazing. But there's so much depth to that answer and you were really put on the spot. That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, Ricky wouldn't have answered that one very well. <laughs> Because just asking to us to fear Muppets is already an interesting uh, proposition. You know, like I can't, I can't think of any ones that I'd be scared of. They've been around just like the Harlem Globetrotters forever, but there's so many of them. There's so many Muppets. It's like guy in the background. There's guys in the background. There's the A team of the Muppets, 
right? This, oh, this, yeah. Steve Carell, the Rain Wilsons. And then there's the other guys in the back. They're just as interesting. There's yeah. like 50 Muppets that, that have names that, you know, lots of people wouldn't know. That's right. And now there's new ones. There's, they're coming up with new ones. Yeah, Elmo. Doug, Elmo's been around forever. I know, but he's, <laughs> to me, he's like the newest one on Sesame Street. <laughs> aren't, they, aren't they coming out with like, like black ones or something? I think so, yeah. I think they just were, they, I think they either just did a special or they're about to, to introduce them and they got some cool uh, celebrities to come on and be with the, uh, the new puppets. Where are, are the transgendered Muppets? Yeah, that's probably going to take another second if they just got around to black ones. I know they just got around to black ones. They should just go ahead and jump and do the whole thing. Yeah, just keep jumping. Just There's keep no up. reason to slow do down. Whole, do the whole rainbow of humanity. Why? What are you What are you waiting for? Let's get into it. All right, here's my first question that we, Ricky didn't have time for that I'm going to ask you. Uh, left over again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's four questions left over. She had such great answers to the six of the questions that we didn't get to, you know, to all 10. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So here's your next question for, for Ricky. Uh, Ricky, did you lose that number or did you send it off in a letter to yourself? <laughs> I did neither. I took it upon, I was, first of all, we were high because that uh, Dan Fagan and, and, uh, Walter were always, so what I did is I sent myself a singing telegram of the number <laughs> and the, the, that worked, but then I forgot it after that because it was still ethereal. It's nothing was written down. I gave the guy the information. I went back home two days later, he shows up singing telegram. I was so captivated by looking at the performance that I forgot to write it down then. So the number was gone. And hence, Fagan hates me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got the, the you know very specific reference. Um, did you ever you've seen say anything? I'm sure John Cusack and uh, uh, John Mahoney has that great scene where he's in a good mood. He's driving his car and he's seeing Ricky don't lose that number like at the top of his lungs uh, awkwardly. Um, but yeah, that's just that was just a silly question. I, I, I you know, I wonder if Ricky has had to hear that a few times in her life, or if uh, that song's old enough that she wasn't bothered by it too much. My uh, my wife was up at the beginning of the show. The people, the fans at home, don't know this, but my I'm very bad technically, so my wife was doing yeah. keyboards and setting up the the satellite dish and all that for this to happen. And her mom is from Pittsburgh. She's from back East. Her mom came out here and, and my father-in-law and her, her stepmom and, and they're cool. And they hung out with Lou Adler and Nicholson, all of that when they were younger and all that stuff. And she said, Oscar, we went to a house party once and Steely Dan was playing Whoa. somewhere. Steely Dan was playing in a house. Oh my God. <laughs> it's hard to top. I hate you so much. Damn it. <laughs> it was a different time. Yeah. I'm not doing a deep dive. I'm, I'm listening to a book on tape now called, is it the big goodbye or the last goodbye? I think the big goodbye. And it's about Robert town, Polanski, Bob Evans, and Jack Nicholson making Chinatown. 
And it's all about, and I, and so yesterday I watched shampoo the night before I watched the last detail. And the night before that, I watched the two Jakes and the night before that I saw China, I saw Chinatown. So I'm taking a big dive into that era and those guys, that time in Hollywood where the big studios were going away and these young guys, the, the Bob Evanses in their thirties, people were, these guys were in charge of studios and they were making all these cool movies at that time. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like you're uh, learning things during the pandemic when a lot of people are getting dumber. <laughs> yeah, it's the pandemic. <laughs> That's good on you because I've only uh, watched really bad films like Roadhouse over and over again. So, <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> have you seen the last? Have you seen the last? Have I seen what? The last detail. No, I have not. Jack Nicholson, Randy Quaid's a teenager. It's a good movie. I highly recommend it. You've seen right. Chinatown? Roman yeah, yeah I, I should probably watch something. It's, a, some it's the same it. writer, Robert Town. He wrote all these really cool uh, movies, and he wrote The Last Detail. It's a good movie. On it. I'll finally yeah, have... you watch it reminisce about back when, uh, you know, Quaid was in a nut, nut bar. <laughs> he was a good actor. Yeah. yeah, he's really young in that movie. They all are. Nicholson's amazing. Uh, you know, what could you say? <laughs> uh, should I throw out Leftover number two? Yeah, that's what, that's what everybody's waiting for. All right, Leftover number two. I'm, I'm sorry, is this number three or number two? I think right, we'll... number two on my side, sorry. Well, your side. Over all three. Okay. Here, here we go. <laughs> On December 27, 2020, at 1.48 a.m., I was high, and I wrote a note in my phone that simply says, Arnold R. Hot Dog Jr., do you have any idea why I would do that? Because I don't. Oh, first of all, I just really noticed where you are right now. Please read that again. Uh, <laughs> I wrote a note in my phone while high that just says, this is all it says, Arnold R. Hot Dog Jr., what does that mean? Arnold R. Hot Dog Jr. And who wrote this letter? Me, myself? I, no, I, I wrote this at, at like two in the morning while stoned, and I don't know why. So Arnold, I'm just seeing if there's some clue out there. Maybe somebody has some meaning for this. Missy, Arnold R. Hot Dog Jr.? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, here's, the, here's the easy answer. Here's the easy answer. You were sleeping, and you thought, this is a great idea for a sitcom uh, be a cartoon <laughs> and, I, yeah. and it's like it's a hot dog but he's a he's a junior arnold and our hot dog junior like a dad and a and a, and a hot dog and his son and they're both hot dogs yeah hot dog junior and, and arnold the, the father i, I can um, see that as a cartoon for sure yeah and you're like oh this is good for adult swim it'll be edgy it'll yeah. be um, like uh what's the one teenage uh what's the milkshake master oh. Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Yeah, something like yeah, that. There you go. Something like that. And you're like, this is great. I'll write, and I'll know what this means when, when I wake up and I'll write the pilot, but this is the idea. Yeah, definitely do not know what it means, but... So, it's well, so Arnold is a hot dog then. I, I guess, or That's it's just the name. Well, you know how some people's last name is what they are, especially in cartoons. Yeah. That's Arnold, right. Arnold R. Hot Dog. Arnold R. Hot Dog. <laughs> But then he put a junior in there somewhere too, right? Right. <laughs> An old dog that won't learn anything. You're right, Doug, like Bojack Horseman. 
Arnold R. Hot Dog and Junior. Mm-hmm. Um, Even just talking uh, about it gives me some sort of relief, I guess. Yeah, really I, I hope so, because I, I, it's bad enough you asked Oscar, but if you asked Ricky that, I would have been embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny because it, it was so important that you woke up and wrote it down. That's how important it was, and now you're like, I don't even know. Yeah. Coming up to strangers. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. Does this mean anything to you? <laughs> oh, no. well, we all we all remember. Oh shoot, there was something I should have written down, but we never. When you do write it down, it's never worth, never worth it. Yeah, r- rarely, rarely. Um, I mean, you know, in your sleep. I'm not talking about in, in, when you're awake during the day. You probably have some good ideas that you should should write down. Um, yeah. All right. Here's my, I think this is the final leftover for Ricky. Yep. Um, did you watch WandaVision at all, Oscar? <sighs> Doug, Doug's, I, I, I heard a lot about it. I was looking for, I've tried twice or three times to, to get into it and, and watch it through. And I, I peter out. It's, it's not holding my interest. And I don't know why people are raving about it. My wife's like, let it go. You don't have to. Yeah. I'm like, but I feel like I'm, why can't I click into it? Why do I not care? No, I do not. I've tried. I do not. I'm, what am I missing? Uh, well, I think I've got in my question, I think that I've figured out maybe what bothers you about that show. Um, I watch American Gods. I watched Lovecraft. I watch. I watch everything except WandaVision. Okay, well, that's fine because you can still qualify to answer this question because uh, in the Avengers movies and in WandaVision, Wanda calls Vision Viz uh, for short. That's her cute nickname for him, Viz. And I just my point is, shouldn't it be Viz? <laughs> As long as it's not jizz, we're cool. That's that's their little nickname when they're messing around. Um, so she calls him Viz. Yeah, that for short for Vision. So it shouldn't should it be Viz? It should it should be Viz. Wow. <laughs> I yeah. Think that, I think that bothered you, so you couldn't concentrate on what was going on. <laughs> it should be Viz, no doubt. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's way too short for vision because it doesn't it cuts off the shh part of that. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And he doesn't give her a nickname because you know it'd be really weird if he was calling her Juan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Have you watched it? Have you watched the whole thing, Doug? Her full name is Juan Martinez. I did. I watched the whole thing. And I absolutely loved it. But I, you know, have you sat through every single event? Uh, you know, uh, Marvel movie. Pretty much. Really? That's because because that's what's part of the fun of it for me is it's just sort of like such a weird offshoot from those movies. It's such a different uh, angle to take on, uh, you know, on the uh, the superhero thing because they got to find some angles because you can't just keep doing what they're doing. I, the first episode of Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier is just like back to normal. Marvel stuff and it kind of suffered in comparison to WandaVision for me personally. Wow. Okay. I'll go watch. All right. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you're just not digging the like, you know, because it's twofold. You know, WandaVision is like, it's moving the overall Avengers story forward, but it's also, you know, got this, you know, this twist that, the, you know, Wanda's, you know, basically living in a, in a different 
era sitcom each, uh, you know, each episode. Episode. Yeah, yeah. They, they, it, it, at the very beginning, the first several episodes, they barely give you a nugget each time to just tinker it forward a little bit. But there's all this context within it that you kind of see later once the big picture comes around. I, I would recommend, yeah, giving it a, a another try just to see another the try. Picture. Yeah. I yeah, mean, do- and, you know, some shows are like, you know, they're worth going back and trying again. I, I've succeeded, but, you know, I feel like you're, I trust your initial reaction to it and that you just, it's just not going to be for you. I like that genre. I just, yeah. It, it is. Oh, sorry. It yeah, is right. funny seeing Paul Bettany do some real like goofy sitcom old sitcom-y like humor though. I really enjoyed just watching him. I bet he had a lot of fun doing that. I bet. Yeah. No, it's interesting. That's for sure. I, I, I'm not going to commit you guys. I'm not going to say I'm going to go back. Right. And do- <laughs> yeah. Right now, yeah. So keep it, keep it, you know, keep be, be kind of quiet about it because, you know, if, if an opportunity to be in WandaVision season two comes up, you know, you, you'd be great on it. But I don't want to say, hey, I'm going to watch it. Not much. I don't want to do that. The fans out there, they, they, you know, you can't do that now. Pandemic people, uh, your word means so much. But, but um, uh, I'm watching um, City on the City on the Hill. Kevin Bacon, uh-huh. the thing. So How's that? I like it. You're you had already seen season one because season two just started. I've, I watched season one. Yeah. And- so now you're into season two, and there's like one or two episodes in at this point, I think. And yeah. it's a it takes place in a different year than the first one or a different city, like a different part of Boston. Is that what happens? But it's still that Southie craziness. Those people are nuts with their accents. And it's just like, it's back East and it's, it's, it's more Jersey than Jersey. If that makes sense. I'm like, these people are insane, but that's what it is. I like that. And it's the time also. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. He does a good job. It's good to see him. Uh, yeah, yeah it's that. on. Uh, it's on Showtime, and um, uh, yeah, I got. I, I haven't seen season one, so I I feel very far behind. But it also feels like maybe you could just jump in at the beginning of season two. That, that what's going on? You probably can, but you should watch season uh, season one. They it's got a lot of good uh, performances, a lot of good actors. It's good. All right, cool. Um, so you did it. You do, uh, you ate all the leftovers. We did all the leftovers. We absolutely appreciate it. And that's why we're going to move on to the main course. Five questions from me and five questions from Doug Mellard for the great Oscar Nunez. Right after we get back from these messages, we'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. 
the way car buying should be. We're back. We're here with Oscar Nunez and Doug and I, the two Dougs. Oh, have we used that as a, every episode title is kind of a pun or a play on words or something. I don't think we've said the two Dougs yet, have we? Instead of, instead of the two Jakes, which we were speaking about. <laughs> That's right. Are we <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so that's uh, that's for later on at the end of the show, though. So let's go ahead and do five and five, starting with uh, Doug Mellard with hardball question number one. These are specifically for you, Oscar. Here we go. I'm ready. Uh, I was on an episode uh, back in the day on Last Comic Standing, and I killed it that night. Got a lot of praise throughout the day and the the uh, the whole uh, audition process. And uh, Brian and Kate were the judges, and uh, I didn't advance. Uh, why do they hate me? The <laughs> question snuck up there at the end. <laughs> so Brian and Brian from the office, and who else? Uh, uh, Kate was on. Kate, and and you didn't. Uh, Advanced. It was one of those things where, like, you know, like, for that, you have, like, 15 different auditions throughout the day, it feels like. And I was told every time, like, you're moving on. Just don't screw up. And then I killed it that night. And I was like, everybody, all my buddies all day were like, oh, you're definitely advancing. And then at the end, I was, like, in shock because I didn't advance. And and uh, what's funny is when I left, I saw Kate outside, and she started to apologize. And I, I was so upset. I just walked by her, and I I – felt so much guilt from then on out for quite a while that I, I was like rude to her. I think I, I judged one of those things once. And I think I was with Angela or Kate and we had problems too, because the producers are in your ear. Oh yeah. And sometimes you don't get to vote the way you want. And right, right. it's a big deal because the, because I was like, what, am, why am I here? What's, and, and <laughs> it's not cool, man. <laughs> because people like you go up there and then you're like, sorry, you passed. And I had the same experience. I, I was going home and I, I think my friend called me or whatever. And he's like, what, what happened? Cause he was some person I knew was up there. And they're like, I killed him. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. That wasn't, we did not vote that way. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so it's politics. No, I know that's part of it. I, and yeah. But I, I actually just felt really bad that she tried to be real sweet to me after that night. It was also very cold because of Minneapolis, but I just walked right by her like, nope, no apology here. And then I ran into her like an, uh, in Hollywood at some burger joint. You were, and I, you, were, I, you were pissed at that time. Yeah, I was very upset because I, I did very well. I was excited about it. But did you think when you were up there that they really are voting? What they- I, 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 know, I knew how it worked. I knew how it worked then. I think it was just all my buddies throughout the day saying, you don't have anything to worry about. And I even kept telling them throughout the day, you all, it, you know how this works. Nobody's safe. And then, but I, I honestly thought with how it went that I was going to advance, but I, I, I just th- felt bad being rude to her. I didn't know. I thought we were really voting. I didn't know that you had meetings and they lobbied for their, for the people they wanted you to vote for. And you're like, well, what? So why am I here? Right. Right. You did get to vote for the, for the, person up there. <laughs> yeah. really- nobody wants to watch a show where the producers are sitting there deciding yeah, yeah, yeah. what's gonna happen but that's ultimately what it is and um you know everybody just has to do their do their best to get through it i mean 
did you do you feel like you ever had to say something like did you ever have to endorse a comedian you absolutely hated because they were in your ear saying vote for that person we no there were there were people who were really good who they told us no they're not going to go forward and we're like well they're the best ones so why are we even here uh, <laughs> yeah, they probably have that argument with all judges all the time and i felt bad because then those people who some of them i knew and i was the judge and they're like pissed at me they're like what the f-? and i'm like dude it wasn't it's not it's not we fought for you but i didn't get to vote <laughs> I had no control over it. And they're like, how can you not vote? You saw how, how good I did. I'm like, no, yeah, I know. And I think it was myself and Angela or myself and Kate. It was one of the, one of those combinations. And we were beside ourselves. We're like, what the F? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just... Uh, it's, they uh, the, diversity. They wanted... Yeah, they got to cast the thing, you know? So yes, white, guy, white guys named Doug can sometimes get thrown, thrown out just for, you know, just for being a white guy named Doug. Exactly. The first time I was up for, you know, I auditioned for Last Comic Standing uh, a couple of times before I got, you know, all the way into the, you know, top group or whatever. And uh, the first time, one of the celebrity judges, uh, one of them was uh, Tim Meadows. And during my set, he physically, he was laughing so hard, he physically fell out of his chair. And then, you know, and they left that in the show, but they also then later that night, I get eliminated. So it like, didn't make any sense that the, that the judge was so, you know, one of the judges was so tickled by it. And then I don't even advance. Yeah, I think that's what was frustrating because that, that same season when Tim Meadows was there, I was pretty new to comedy and I made it farther in that season then like the next time in Minneapolis, I was way more confident, way better comic. And I did well. I had a much better set and didn't advance. And so it was just baffling the whole thing, but still had a good time. It sucks because it should be the funniest people advance, not. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, it's weird. It's a, you know, the whole area set up for, you know, it's just the playing field's not, not, you know, level. And then they add these weird, extra you know issues because like that first season that you're talking about doug where both of us didn't make it onto the boat they straight up went with like five women and five dudes and you know as soon as you're like have to have five of each uh there's going to be some you know maybe one or two in one batch that's not you know not ready or whatever um and they're just there because they you know they're they got to fill in those numbers but um uh I still ultimately had an okay time with those uh, with those shows, but everybody has a different experience. <laughs> I did uh, see Kate later and ran into her, and I apologized to her, and I said she was so nice that night, and I was a jerk, and she just laughed. How many times have you seen her in person? Uh, just a little bit, but Are you I, I just her. Are you like following her around? <laughs> it's L.A. You just run into people. I was trying to get her on this show, but now I'm scared. I don't want her to come on and you to be all confrontational. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought she was great. It was just me being a dummy. Kate's cool. She doesn't hold a grudge. She's from Philly. Uh, no. she, she's so great. I got to uh, hang out with her one night when I was in uh, Philly doing uh, the Helium Comedy Club because her family bar is just like a few blocks <laughs> from there. So I got to like hang out with Kate in her, you know, uh, a family bar in Philadelphia. So that was 
super fun and super, super painful next day. Huh. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, okay, Oscar, here's my first question. I, I, can you believe it? Like, it takes a while to get through these questions sometimes when the guests give great answers. Um, are you hoping to be the first actor named Oscar to win an Oscar? It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. Um, Could be you. I, I don't, <laughs> it's, it's a long shot. Can it happen? Can it even happen? I guess it can. Well, it probably never know, right? No, uh, we know. <laughs> Look, I'm writing a dr dramatic feature called Arnold J. Hot Dog Jr. I think you'd be perfect for the role. <laughs> it's Oscar material. I could be, but you know what? Supporting actor, don't put pressure on me. Make me the junior. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm a hot dog, you know, he's going to be Clooney or someone and he adopts me and I'm just a dude. Yeah. And make right? give him some real, some real heavy storyline that, you know, like uh, you know, heroin addict or something. Yeah. <laughs> the father, he sits me down and you know where you come from, you're parts of a pig, you know, pig anus and pig. No, no, say that. Papa, no, say that. Say that. And he's like, well, you have to, you know, face yourself. This is where you come from. <laughs> be a dramatic scene. Oh, yeah. Um, do you know that there is an Oscar that has an Oscar? Let me guess. Is it, well, it, it's not for acting, right? It's not yeah. an actor. It is an actor? It's not an actor. You would be the first actor if you get nominated for a hot dog show. Oh, you mean nominated or, or won? Did this person win something? Yeah, they won the Oscar twice. Oh, my God. For what? Wardrobe or something like that? Red person's name is Oscar. It was in the musical categories. Oh, it's the music. It's a composer? Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. Of songs, not the, not the score, the song. So it's... Uh, uh, Hammerstein? Is it? Uh, Oscar Hammerstein, that's right. Oscar Hammerstein, that's right. He's an Oscar. Yeah, so you get a bonus point for that. But he won the Oscar twice for two different uh, best original songs. But also, you know, like that used to probably be more of a funnel through the Oscars. It's like some, a Broadway show would get made into a movie and then win Oscars. Or is that what was that, West Side Story he won for? Yeah, yeah. Um, One of the best uh, movies. No, he didn't win for West Side Story. That was Sondheim and... Uh, that wasn't even what did he win for? Um, okay. Next question done. All right, because Oscar, you were in a couple episodes of Shameless. Just curious, do you happen to know what the H in William H. Macy stands for? No, Henry. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I was just gonna yeah, Doug, Doug was like, I could Google this or just ask our next guest. <laughs> <laughs> William H. Macy. I want to think. I think it stands for Hieronymus. <laughs> Hercules. It's actually Hercules. Oh yeah, Hercules is a good one. It's actually Hercules. Hall, which I definitely would not have guessed. That's what good. Hall. Oh. I've never even really? heard that as a name. Yeah, isn't that another hall? It's hall. usually a place. Right. It's William, yeah. William Hall. 
There's a couple of halls, yeah. Hmm. Oh. All right. That's a good name. Um, here's my next question. Um, Oscar, is Betty White the best person you've ever worked with? Um, wow, yeah, possibly. Right. right, she could be the best one. Could be the best one. She could be the best person I ever worked with. Um, yeah, I, I guess, because, you know, I'm sure I've, there's been babies around the set, but I don't know their names. <laughs> <laughs> and Betty White, we do know her name. She's super cool. On the last day of, um, on the proposal, when she left, she said to the crew, this has been the most fun I've ever had on a set. And then she left and then she turned back and she said, standing up. <laughs> I'm sure she said that a million times, but it's still, it's great. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And she's, she's really cool. Um, I got to ride in a van with her a bunch of times. She was really nice. Oh, that's because um, those days you had the good candy. Yes. <laughs> when we went from the, into the same van, <laughs> when we did the proposal, we went from the hotel to the location, but I wish I would have hung out with her more, but she's an old lady. She's not going to go out. She knows she stays in the hotel. The fella I did make friends with on that, on that shoot was Dennis O'Hare who played the, the, um, the attorney. He and I went out for dinner a couple of times and yeah, we're still he's like royalty. That guy. He's so good. Such a good actor, Doug. He's in everything. Yeah. Only you don't know because he's a chameleon. He's wonderful, wonderful actor. Yeah, I saw him in uh, Sweet Charity on Broadway with you know? uh, opposite Christina Applegate. Yeah, and he's so he was so funny in that show. Oh, Dennis is the real deal. Yeah, he's good at comedy and drama too. Yeah, he's the best. So yeah, so you know what? Let's go ahead and say Betty White is the best person I've ever worked with. All right, it's official. We're going to put it in the records. I'm going to contact <laughs> Wikipedia and let them know to put it your entry and in Betty's. <laughs> and um, I'm glad that it's official. I'm really, a very nice man. Steve Carell's a very nice man, but Betty White's nicer. Okay, all right. It would have been really there strange you if you're like, no worst person. Actually, <laughs> you she's a monster. Guys, listen to what she did. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, your turn, Doug. All right. We're really uh, breaking him down. I think he might start crying soon. <laughs> uh, uh, you were in an episode of the series Where's Waldo? So I just wanted to know, did you find him that episode? And where is he currently? He's in rehab. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, and don't judge him. It happens to the best of us. He was just a, a character in a book and he did his thing and he went straight home and barely enough to make a living, which is just what some people need. But when we did this, it blew up and he was misbehaving on the set. He was showing up late. He was violent and not cool. And you know what? Better for him to be in rehab than to be dead in the street. And that's where he was heading. So right now he's in rehab and we wish him the best. <laughs> but, but I love doing the show because I have a kid and, it, and, and it's, it was a nice show to do and all that. But he was the mess. He was a mess. Wow. And when I met him, he was at the, at the, at the end of his rope. And, and he was nice to me, but... I saw the way he was treating the, his, his wife and mistress and the women around him. And it was a mess and it was a mess and he's getting better. He's getting better now. Oh, that's good to hear. He's getting better. It's, it's... Getting better. 
I mean, I guess if you're missing all the time, yeah, I mean, people don't look into the depth of why, why that is, you know? And the, people took it for granted. He's missing, but it's an innocent kind of missing. He's fine. He's behind the tree. He's behind the rock. No, he's not. Yeah. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. There's a metaphor there, too, you know? Yes. Something else is missing. Yes. He's got to find it. That's right. And he's always got everybody looking for him, but he needs to look for himself a little bit. Yeah. Opium den? Have you checked the opium den? Uh, first place he should check. Have you, sh- have you checked the shooting galleries of, uh, you know, East LA and whatnot? That's where you'll find Um Quick question. Who are we talking about? Waldo from Where's Waldo? Wow. <laughs> I just... I mean, I lost track of who we were talking about, and I started to feel really bad about whoever you're, it is and finding out that it's our treasured Waldo. Were you making a sandwich or taking a nap? Where'd you go? I was sitting right here, but, I mean, you really, you know a lot about Waldo. <laughs> you asked I me. Like, I was like, who is, who is this question about? Because <laughs> I was on the show. <laughs> it's Betty White. Yeah, I'm glad he's getting it together, and, uh, you know. He's no Betty White. <laughs> well, so should we should we put that down? Waldo's the worst person you've ever. Met? You can say that, but he's getting better. Don't judge Waldo. Waldo is the worst. I'm writing it down. All right. Um, all right. So what was that? What, how many questions in are we? That was number three for me. So this is number three for you. Number three for me. Okay. That, that looks like there's, we only have time for one more question, and uh, but I think it's a good one. We mentioned that you're in the proposal uh, starring you and Betty White, uh, co-starring uh, Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. That's right. Um, they're around too. They're around. Ryan rode in a van with them as well, or do they get their own van? No, they have helicopters. Oh no! <laughs> don't don't they know that that's the number one way for a famous person to die? It, it is a little date, you know, you guys. Like, just to get back to the hotel, they can't just take a safe car ride? This is neither here nor... No, they... they seriously, they hit... They were, they're wonderful kids. They're really cool people. <laughs> and they're awesome. But we were, we were in, in Maui or Kauai. I don't know. My wife and I... And we were hanging out and <clears throat> driving around with people and whatnot. And some taxi driver, someone said to us, because we were talking, we're like, look at this. Let's do this. Look at this. And someone said to us, Whatever you do, don't take a helicopter ride. And we're like, what? And they're like, don't go on those helicopters. We're like, okay. We weren't thinking that. But so I is it dangerous? I don't know. Someone's- I just feel like you hear about helicopter crashes. Like you don't hear about commercial airlines ever crashing, but you hear about helicopters like on the regular. A little too yeah. often. A little Maybe. too often. Yeah. Yeah. I think human error can be too much of an issue in helicopter or small plane travel. You know, like it's, it's more of a serious deal if something starts to happen and how they react to it. But here's the thing in Hawaii, it's very tempting because they have a discount for student flyers. So if you go to a helicopter place and you go, I'd like a student, please. They'll go, sure. And you get like 70% off. So maybe <laughs> you're saving money, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're also taking 50% off of your life. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, helicopters. I mean, I'd probably ride one if I had the opportunity, but I just think the more you do that sort of thing, the more like, you know, traveling musicians in tiny planes, it's like, it's a, you know, cliche 
That's right. For a reason, because it happens a lot, you know, because they're already in tiny planes a lot. That's right. I think I, I would if I had to. They're like, you have to go here to do a job to make money. I'm like, all right, I guess I have to. But I don't, I don't know if I'll take one leisurely. Although, you know, I watched Billions and what's the other sh- show, Succession. And they're riding helicopters all the time, those people. Um, yeah, no, that's rich people do jump into helicopters a lot. <laughs> Billionaires, they're always they jumping. Get, they get the best pilots. They get the pilots that don't go, "Hey, what? You want to see a trick?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the scariest thing you could possibly hear in a helicopter. <laughs> worse, worse. Okay, so real quick, uh, so the proposal is one of my favorite rom coms. Like I, you know, I, I just think it's a rom com that you know works for. Uh, anybody who would bother to watch it. Well, what's your favorite rom-com, Oscar? I love the proposal. When we got the script, my wife and I read it and we're like, it's a rom-com, but it's good. We like it. I For, was it, for Weddings and a Funeral is a good one. When I was growing up and I was young, there was a movie called The Fish Called Wanda that was, I don't know if it holds up, but at the time I thought it was so funny. And of course it didn't hurt that John Cleese was in it. And I think Kevin Paling also. And um, so, yeah, so I thought A Fish Called Wanda was a very funny rom-com when I was growing up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, it's, that's means you had a bit of an edge, I think, because I, I wouldn't necessarily call that a rom-com. Uh, what would it be? It was a rom-com? Remember? The, 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 what's the American actor's I mean, name? The guy, Kevin Klein was trying to, rom- always kind of being romantic with Jamie Lee Curtis, but she was never accepting of it. He had a crush on John Cleese. Then, they, then there was the whole John Cleese thing and the scene where he has to use a picture of his own face to cover up his uh, his wang. Um, what about but, four? What but about- there's, a, there's a lot of uh, Kevin Klein making fun of Michael Palin's stutter. Yeah. And so that is a little harder to watch these days. Oh, it was a different time. It was a yeah. different time. And he's also not nice to the fish called Wanda either. <laughs> no doubt about it. So Peter no does not doubt. like this movie. <laughs> Peter is all, all right with the proposal, but they do not like fish called Wanda. I went back and saw the other day Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Remember that movie? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Steve Burton. Written by by Carl Reiner and Steve Martin, two mentions, sweet yeah. guys. I don't know if you guys remember this. The first like scene of the movie is the beautiful, uh, what's her name? Oh, Rachel Ward or who, the actress? Uh-huh. Yeah. She knocks on the door and Steve Martin opens the door and, and, some, and, and she faints in his arms. So she's passed out in his arms. And he looks down the hallway, down the hallway, and he kisses her right on the mouth. She's passed out. Yeah. And he carries her to the sofa and puts her down. And he goes like this, and he puts his hands on her breast and starts massaging her breast. And she wakes up, and he's like, I was just giving you a mouth. And he does a funny thing. And I'm like, yeah. holy shit, did I just block that weird scene out of my mind? Yeah. No, you didn't think it was that weird at the time because of No, the- I was laughing. And that was like, oh, that's what you do if a woman passes out. You, you- it's a great opportunity. We were all laughing together in the theater. And now I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah, it's wild. So I, yeah. There's so much looking back in all films and television where you're like, wow. There's like- lots of uh, lots of really questionable stuff. But the interesting thing is like when it's on TV, it tends to be more like 
you know, all the family and stuff like that, where like they, you know, they pushed the boundaries in a way that moved everyone forward, you know, like, uh, you know, there's just so much great stuff going on in TV, like in the seventies, you know, that was politically aware. But I gotta say the, the thing about Norman Lear is he had a, uh... Carol O'Connor, their Archie Bunker, and Archie, it was always at his expense. Mm-hmm. Even like, right? When he yeah. was being a racist, he was still being an asshole and everyone yeah. knew it. So you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. He's a, you know, so he, uh, that kind of took the edge off and normally got away with a lot of stuff. It was genius. All the, yeah. One of my favorite shows of all times. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. I got to go to that, uh, you know, when, Jimmy Kimmel put on like a new version of, uh, of all in the family and the Jeffersons. And it was, uh, it was super cool. A lot of those. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Doug. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> uh, but we got to go. Uh, this has been amazing. We got some leftover questions. We'll, we'll ask our next guest. It's going to be, uh, I believe Jimmy Pardo is going to join us. I know. So, him. Uh, yeah. He'll, he'll answer your questions that were, that were left over Oscar. Thank you so much for doing this. Do you have anything um, that you'd like to promote at this time? Mm, I'm shouting episode of Zoe's incredible playlist. I don't know when it's going to come out. You had to go to Canada for that. I did. I went to Vancouver and Steve Agee was texting me and I was texting him. We never hooked up because there's a 14 day. Um, oh, quarantine window. Quarantine, 14 day quarantine. So you went, I 14 days, then then started work on the show and then came home as soon as you were done shooting? 14-day quarantine, two-day work, and back home. Wow. Yep. That's wild. Did you – were you able to enjoy those 14 days to a certain extent because you, you knew that what it was, that you just had to I, be there? I, had, and I had a balcony, and that helped a lot. But I remember being there, and I, and I called my wife, and I'm like, how have I been here – three days or two days, this is really hard. And I don't know if I can do that. She's like, you just got there. You've been there one day. And I'm like, no, check the calendar. It's three days. She's like, it's one day. You just got there. And I'm like, oh, then, and then Doug's, then it got easier. By the time it's day seven, I'm like, warden, add another 20. I don't care. You're not going to break me. So it got easier for me after seven, eight, nine days. I was like, Oh, I'm done. I'm done with this. But the, at the beginning it was harder for me than at the end. And I had a balcony, but it was freezing yeah. and snow, but <laughs> a lot. it's still nice to just be able to step outside. Like just being stuck in a room. would be Open that door and make such a difference. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm freaking out a little bit thinking about it right now. <laughs> well, you're free from that. You're home. That episode will air. I, uh, in the future, not the past. Yeah. Oh, it already aired? No. I don't know when it's coming out, but it was fun. It's a good show. All right, cool. Um, Well, thank you again for being here. And Doug Miller, do you have any final words? Uh, I just want to say keep wearing those masks and get vaccinated, everybody. We're we're getting there. That's a lovely message. Well, you see a lot of people starting to just spring break it. So let's just hold in there. (laughs) Hang in there. All right, as always, this has been The Two Dogs. Got it?